waiting for me under a portcullis. I opened my window. Ms. Randall, he said. Yes? ID, please. I gave him the ID. He studied it and my face. He seemed willing to let the Sonia question slide. The dog will have to wait in the car, he said. She prefers to, I said. Where do I park? Right here is fine, the blazer said, and leave the keys if you would. Not if I'm leaving the dog, I said. He thought about that. Okay, he said. Pull it up there. I did, and cracked the windows. Bye-bye, I said to Rosie. I'll be back soon. Rosie seemed okay with that. I got out and locked the doors. Are you carrying a gun? The blazer said. I am, I said. I opened my purse and showed him the short thirty-eight. Great conversation piece, I said. Excellent for picking up guys. He smiled politely. I'm sure you have no trouble, he said, and took me to the front entrance. It was a double door, probably ten feet high and ten wide, oak and wrought iron. The blazer rang the bell, and one side of the door opened. There was a black man, in a blazer. Ms. Randall, my escort said. The black man nodded. Buddy is in the theater, he said. I followed him into a two-story entry hall with a stone floor and oak-paneled walls. There were swords and shields and pieces of armor hung decoratively on the walls. A huge staircase wound up to the floors above. At the first floor landing was a bigger-than-life-sized painting of somebody in a maroon velvet smoking jacket. His tie was untied, and the collar of his shirt was unbuttoned, with the points draped over the lapels. He held an enormous cigar and looked magisterial, except that his face was that of a fleshy boy. His unformed boyishness was apparently so insistent that even the subsidized art couldn't conceal it. Mr. Bolin, I said. Yes, ma'am. Wow, I said. The black blazer made no comment. He led me around a corner and through some French doors and into a small lobby. There was a popcorn stand and a Coke machine and a counter where you could get jujubes or sky bars. Beyond the lobby was a movie theater with six rows of red leather seats and a full-size screen. In the middle of the second row, not wearing his smoking jacket, eating some popcorn and drinking from a huge paper cup, was Buddy Bolin. Sonny Randall, Buddy, the blazer said. Bolin looked around. Whoa! Buddy said, whoa ho, not bad for a private dick, Sonny. I thought I'd start with Demure. Nice to meet you, Mr. Bolin, I said. Buddy, he said. Everybody calls me Buddy. Even the fucking Centurions call me Buddy. Right, Randy? You bet, Buddy, the Black Centurion said. Sit down, Sonny. Randy, get her some popcorn, a Coke, whatever she wants. I'll pass, I said. Thanks anyway. I went down the aisle and sat beside Buddy. His portrait had clearly idealized him. He was short and pudgy and smoking a big cigar, which looked silly in his soft, adolescent face. You want something stronger, maybe? Jack D? Johnny Blue? No, thanks, I said. Could we talk about why I'm here? Hey, Sonny, all business. Cuter than a ladybug's ass and all business. Demure was getting harder, but I held to it. You're very kind, I said. Ready to watch a movie with me? He drank from his paper cup. Coke, he said, all I drink.
Classic Coke. Keeps me sharp. He grinned and drank some more, looking at me over the rim of the paper cup like a gleeful ninth grader. The lights in the theater went down. I hadn't seen Buddy do anything. A long, silent shot of grassland came up on the screen. The wind ruffled the grass gently. We could hear it. No other sound. A small figure appeared in the distance, running toward us through the grass. As the figure came closer, we could see that it was a woman. Closer still, and we could see that she was amazing-looking. She was very tall and muscular, with perfect features and wonderful thick hair, and an easy, smooth stride as if she could run forever. She wore a leopard-skin bikini and high-laced moccasins, and carried a short, stabbing spear like the Zulus used. On she came. We could hear her footfalls now, and the rustle of the tall grass as she ran through it, and the sound of her breathing easy and deep as she came straight into the camera until she seemed to run into the lens, the tiny muscles moving under her smooth skin, and then she was too close and the image blurred, and over the blur came the name, Erin Flint, and it held as we listened to the sound of her breathing and faded and the title came up, Woman Warrior. And that held, and then the screen faded to black, and all we heard was her heavy breathing, and then the movie itself came up with the front credits running over the opening scene. The producer was Buddy Bowl Entertainment. It was awful. Something about a female superhero in an unspecified outdoor setting during an unspecified time past. Erin Flint said her lines as if they were transliterated from a language she did not speak. There was some sort of storyline about Aaron rescuing the man of her dreams from a series of evildoers, all of whom appeared to be bare-chested weightlifters. Five minutes into the movie, I was identifying with the evildoers. By the end of it, I was nearly suicidal. Buddy watched the movie as if it were Hamlet, leaning slightly forward, breathing through his mouth, grunting and nodding at some of the screen moments. He was like someone rooting for the home team. When it ended, the lights came up as silent and unbidden as they had gone down at the start. Buddy ate some popcorn, still staring in a kind of selfless reverence at the blank screen. Then he turned to me. Huh? He said, how about that? You like that, Sonny? The opening sequence was breathtaking, I said. Is she something or what? She's something, I said. Buddy tipped some ice from his big drink cup into his mouth and chewed on it. When he was through, he smiled at me. And she's mine, he said. Would that be in the contractual sense or the, uh, main squeeze sense? He laughed a kind of hee-hee laugh and rubbed his hands together. Delicate, he said. You are fucking delicate, Sonny. I smiled modestly. He nodded, rocking slightly in his chair. We are, you might say, he winked at me, if you was delicate, that we are an item. Congratulations, I said, to both of you. Oh, hell, he said. I'm no prize. He laughed, hee hee, again. But I'm rich. That's one way to judge a prize, I said. It is, isn't it? He said. God damn it, that's right. It is. I nodded. I felt envious of Rosie sleeping happily on the floor of my car, but he looked at his watch. Let's grab some lunch, he said, and we can talk.
Lunch. Chapter 2 Lunch was served by a young black woman wearing a waitress costume in a room that looked like an upscale diner, complete with counter and stools. We sat at the counter. Buddy had two cheeseburgers and some fries. I had some tomato soup. Now here's the deal, he said. You know I own a ball club. I do, I said. Connecticut Nutmegs finished last in the National League in their first year. Your best player hit 281. You like baseball? Not very much, Buddy shrugged. Well, you do your homework, he said. The sports writers say that you don't have a big enough market to make a go of it. Show me a rich sports writer someday, Buddy said. I got a National League team halfway between Boston and New York. A lot of people like National League ball, but all they got is the Sox and the Yankees. The Nutmegs are a natural rival for the Mets. Look at a map. They can draw on all of Connecticut and Western Mass and Eastern New York State. Once I make them good, they'll pull in people from Vermont, Rhode Island. You seem to have done some homework, too, I said. I didn't get this rich by being stupid, he said. Nothing generates fan interest like a winning club. And I'll get there. He put the end of a French fry into the pool of ketchup on his plate and stirred it a little before he bit off the ketchup end. I told my front office people to go get me the players we need, whatever it takes. He pointed at me with the truncated French fry. But I need to generate a little interest while we're getting good. I nodded. I had been with Buddy Bolin for two and a half hours. My teeth hurt. So, Buddy said, Sonny, here's the deal. You seen Erin Flint? She did all her own stunts in that movie. It looked like she did, I said.